You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. This season, we're looking at some commonly held beliefs in our culture to sort to sort them out, to test them out. We've been thinking of different cliches um, and truisms that are kind of tossed around and often get like associated with Jesus and the church. And we want to see how they compare with the actual teachings of Jesus um, so that we can clear away the assumptions and misunderstandings um, that could keep us from actually knowing who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing. And so tonight our our uh, cliche is God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who help themselves. It is a Greek philosophy originally that points to the importance of taking initiative, right, and hard work for your own empowerment. And it has become kind of a a common sense idea all all over the world um, to promote human agency. So French and Canadian societies for social change have adopted it, sometimes toward revolution, like in France. Um, Similar concepts are in the Quran and um, Arab proverbs, like trust in God but tie up your camel. Um, it was, it was the English political theorist Al- Algernon Sidney who actually put it into words. And then, of course, Benjamin Franklin, our own guy, made it famous in Philadelphia, um, in his Poor Richard's Almanac, which was kind of like, I think more of a social commentary on the times than it was like a new way forward. Um, but I think people use it as a motivation to get people to do something or, or, or to justify going after what they want. And I can appreciate that. Um, I think there's wisdom in that, right? We can't just sit around and think about, um, or even just pray about what we want things, what we want to happen. You know, we can't just wish upon a star like, like little Fifel, the mouse in an American tale, like we're going to have to take some action, right? We're going to have to do something ultimately. Um, and I think, I think that that's what this true truism is about. We have to do things and not just wait around for something to happen. But I think if the promise is that we're going to get what we want, if we take matters into our own hands and go after it hard enough, um, which I think is the the point of the American tale and so many other American tales, um, then I think we're talking about we're talking more about what what people want to happen more than what God necessarily might be doing. Are people just tacking God's favor and approval on what they want for themselves is a question that that comes to my mind. Who does God actually help and why? And And how can we know this? So you can see how it's a little tricky to just like blatantly speak for God here. And, and I think it's worth considering, um, 
that trickiness in this phrase because most people think this phrase is actually in the Bible. Like uh, a recent study of American teenagers um, found that 75% of them don't just think this is in the Bible, but think this is like the main idea of the Bible. And most, the majority of Americans, it was over 50%, believe, believe this, that God helps those who help themselves. So, so it's worth considering, I think, what it actually means and if we want to believe it or not. So when I hear this phrase, I think about the many people who are trying to help themselves but are still really struggling. Um, I think about friends trying to recover but relapsing. I think about broken marriages, um, partners who feel like they have tried everything. I think... Um, I think about my son's friends, some of my son's friends in school who have actually crossed, crossed the desert to escape extreme poverty and violence um, in their countries only to, only to be detained here or separated from their children. And a few weeks ago, our compassion team, one of our compassion teams, Solidarity Beyond Borders, showed this documentary about families who are incarcerated right here in Pennsylvania um, for not having the right paperwork, that they are really trying hard to go through all of the proper channels to get. So these parents have literally given up everything to try to help themselves, and it leads to more suffering. And so... The documentary that we watched um, showed how children taken taken out of their mother's beds in in our prison, in our prisons, sometimes become suicidal at young ages. So I'm not sure that these mothers would say God helps those who help themselves in the same sense that Benjamin Franklin was saying it. Right. So the point is, I think we need a bigger better theology than self-reliance. We need a better theology than self-reliance or God just helping us on our terms. Because the world is not that simple where everybody has the same ability to help ourselves, right? We need a better theology than self-reliance because self-reliance isn't even all that reliable, even when you have all the privileges. Um, and I continue to learn this personally myself. Um, like many of you, I was, or probably like most of you, I was immersed in this philosophy of self-reliance growing up in public school in the United States, um, that we can just pull ourselves up by the bootstraps, right? Um, and I believed the guidance counselor in school saying um, that we could be whatever we wanted to be when we grew up. And so I often, on more than one Halloween, I wanted to be a cowgirl. Um, and and uh, because I love that whole like pioneer concept, um, discovering new territory, like being the first to explore, all that, all that manifest destiny stuff that is, uh, you know, I never thought of it being at somebody else's expense because that's not how the story is told, right? 
And it was very much like, if you believe it, you can achieve it. And I think this gets sold to all American kids. It's just uh, a lot truer for some than others. But it's a very rocky story. Um, very underdog, you know? It's very like, I know, I think this uh, religious icon for Rocky is appropriate because we're taught to like um, mix in these ideas about our success with like ideas about God. And that, I think that's where we're, what we're trying to sort through in this truism. Um, but it's this very romantic idea of thinking, thinking of yourself as coming from nothing to something by going after your dream and working hard at it, right? At any rate, I was trained for that, like many of you. And when I was 19, I was rock climbing with my friends. Um, I think I've told a lot of you guys this story before, but I want to tell, I want to tell the part that I probably didn't tell too well. Um, I worked at this wilderness camp and I taught climbing in the summer. And so once one weekend we went to my hometown of Jim Thorpe in the Poconos and we climbed Glenanoka Falls, um, which is, we, we climbed it without ropes, which is, you know, climbing on wet rocks is dumb for anybody, um, no matter what your sk skill level. But the worst part is that I was, I was all the way at the top of the falls. Um, we weren't going like straight through the water, we were on the side. Um, but I was right at the top when um, I even had, I even had a hand on the on the ledge, and my friend Matt Hershey had gone up before me, and he said, he said, hey, he was right there. He was like, hey, do you want a hand? And famous last words, I said, no. And I was, and at, at that moment, my foot slipped off the rock, and I fell 60 feet um, onto my head, and it's miraculous that I lived. Um, and that moment was one of the most impactful moments of my life, no pun intended, and I know that my life was spared, but the point that I want to make to you today that I wish I remembered every day um, was just how much that doctrine of self-reliance was so ingrained in me that I would refuse a friend's hand, like, that would have kept me from falling. Bless you, Allie. So we need a better theology than self-reliance and self-improvement and all of our self-obsession. So what is the theology that Jesus gives us? We don't just want to look this season at the things that Jesus never said. We want to look at what he did actually say. Um, what is Jesus doing that we can do instead of relying on ourselves and... Um, you know, trying to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps all the time and, and hoping that God gets behind us. Well, um, I see him hanging out with people that haven't effectively helped themselves yet. I was drawn to this story um, of him at, after he calls Matthew, the, the tax collector thief, Jesus hangs out. Um, and has dinner at his house with all of Matthew's unsavory friends. And um, 
you know, these friends are stuck. These people are stuck in, stuck in all kinds of self-defeating behavior. Um, and they're not included in the church yet, so to speak. And so Jesus brings the church to them. And when the, the, the self-reliant religious people criticize him for being there at this party, he says, I didn't come to save those who are well. I came for those who know they need a doctor. Jesus is this conduit for mercy and love. He doesn't come to congratulate and associate with the successful people who have pulled themselves up. He, he's, he says mercy is better. So I was thinking about this story yesterday morning when, when some of our cell leaders got together um, we meet monthly in um, these groups that we call coordinating groups to kind of support each other and pray for each other. And we were talking about the great tendency in the church um, and in any group, really, to leave people out who aren't in yet. Um, and this happens by, by nice church people doing the thing you know, doing the thing by going to the meeting, um, well-motivated, but but often, I think, for our own sort of self-improvement, um, instead of remembering that there are thousands of people who might not know this friendship um, hand of Jesus extended to them yet. And, of course, they, you know... They don't have to believe anything to be there. They just have to know someone who cares enough to give them the opportunity to come to the table. Um, but I think that the, the church can so easily become another kind of self-actualization project if we let that happen, if we only exist to help ourselves or even just each other get better instead of remembering that there are thousands of Philadelphians even, um, who might not know this hand of friendship from Jesus. And I feel strongly about this because th this doctrine of self-reliance that we are immersed in so heavily, you know, that God helps those who help themselves, teaches us to kind of leave each other alone, leave other people alone and expect and, and unconsciously, of course, but, but that we expect other people to kind of pull themselves up by their bootstraps, too. I think it's kind of a DIY world. Um, we might think we're leaving people alone because we don't have the right to impose our opinions or something. Um, but I think what ends up happening in real time is that we don't share our love and our lives could just get smaller and more organized on helping ourselves. So I love how our proverb, one of our proverbs at Circle of Hope points out that we are discipled for mission and not just personal growth. In other words, in other words, the church actually exists. Our whole purpose, our whole point is to go beyond this kind of DIY societal trend of um, everybody just help yourself and become the best person you can be. 
You know, I think Jesus is literally dying to show us that self-preservation and self-help and safety are not the, the ultimate answer. Trusting all that to God for the sake of others, I think, ultimately is. There's this scene. I'm a little bit obsessed with the with the new Mary Magdalene movie, and I kind of I'm not going to show you another scene in it this week. Um, but I just want to describe this one part to you, where um, all the disciples are kind of standing around while Jesus is praying on the Mount of Olives, and they're kind of um, sensing that something bad is about to happen. Um, and they're saying to each other, this is wrong. You know, we, we need, we have to get Jesus out of Jerusalem. They, they can sense that some things are ramping up and they want to protect Jesus from suffering. They want to protect Jesus from fulfilling his destiny to save the world. And, um, because Jesus had talked to Mary before about this and said in the movie, and said, Mary, don't let, don't let the guys stop what is going to happen. They're going to want to, they're going to want to stop my suffering and death. Don't let them stop it. And because, because Jesus had said that to her before, she, she kind of convinces them in the moment to like, just trust that whatever happens, even though it's going to be hard, um, is for a purpose that Jesus is listening to the Father. And so it struck me that there was no self-reliant thing like happening in that moment. You know, Jesus is here listening to the Father. They're, they're called to trust and, and not protecting him from death. I think we are called to suffer too as part of love. And that's the ironic expansion of the self that how we actually help ourselves best is by helping others. And it does require some willingness to suffer. But this is the way of Jesus. So I think what this looks like for us now um, is, is as much as we can, kind of organizing our lives around this mission to share Christ's love. And if you decide to try to love people as much as we look out for ourselves and, and trust God to help us do that, we will stretch in painful ways. We will not do it perfectly. It's going to be messy. But we will be with Jesus. And you will know that he's got you. And that's the call, I think, to live in this expansive mercy Jesus says, just here in closing, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And this is my command, love each other. And I think, I think this is the heart of what Jesus is saying, ultimately, probably for every topic. Um, and so I think we might expand this, the, the, our little cliche for the night into God helps those who help themselves help others. Remain in my love and love one another is our call. And yes, God is with us as we help ourselves too. The God we find in Jesus, I think, is one who we're invited into a, an amazing cooperation and partnership by the power of his spirit. And if we seek him, he will help us help ourselves, and that's not a bad thing. We're each extremely valuable and unique and precious. I probably didn't make that point clearly enough because I just believe it to be a basic characteristic of our being that we are beloved and so efforts that we make to help ourselves can be can be crucial but i hope that it's grounded in god's great love for us that leads us into this more spacious place um, where our belovedness is important to others and it leads us to their transformation because we're not requiring people to pull themselves up by their own goodness or ability to do so. We know we didn't do that for ourselves and that everything that we have received is from God and that mercy is better than success. So let's keep expanding the party. Let's keep not just going to the meeting, but bringing somebody along who needs a friend or needs to be included in this discovery that friendship with Christ invites us into this partnership with God that is for the salvation of the whole world. It's, it's way bigger than just helping ourselves. And I think your friendship and your love communicate that. I am sure of that, and that's why we exist as a church. So let's pray, and then we can talk back. Jesus, I thank you for um, relieving us of the pressure to have to pull ourselves up and save ourselves. You are the Savior, and you invite us to follow you and I think what that means is being willing to share your love generously and compassionately and mercifully. So help us, Lord, as we keep receiving that from you, help us to share it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down 
at circleofhope.net.